The Gospel Shaped Home Podcast is a family discipleship resource from Providence Church in Raleigh, North Carolina, that aims to equip you and your family to be on mission with God to the ends of the street and the ends of the earth. Hey, Gospel Shaped Home Podcast listeners, Kids Pastor Scott Reiner here. We are back with another episode in our Six Big Truths mini-series. Today, we are going to be talking about this big idea of listening to God's Word. And to help me do that, I have Jarek joining me today. Jarek, how are you, buddy? So, Scott. And then we got Daniel Savage, who is joining us for the first time in this mini-series. Daniel, thanks for being here to give us your wisdom. So glad to be here. (laughs) Grateful for you. All right, to get us started today, I have a would-you-rather question. Oh, no. Would you rather be an Olympic gold medalist or an astronaut? Uh, Olympic gold medalist. I think I would say the same thing. Olympic gold medalist. Do I have to say why? Obviously. Obviously. with that. (laughs) Um, what would you be an Olympic gold medalist in? Mm, uh, track and field. I'd want to be the fastest man in the world. Usain Bolt. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> under, ten, under 10 seconds. Yeah, I want to crush the world record. Pole vaulting is what Daniel would, would do. Mine, mine would be basketball. I would love to dream team, you know. Have you guys seen... The picture oh, no. from the Winter Olympics of the guys from the U.S. who did the curling. I haven't. I remember the it curling team like, being like a sensation a few years ago. So I feel like, like a, I did. It looks like a bunch of forty-year-old dads. Um, <laughs> yes, really yes, funny. I know what you're talking about. It's uh, there was like there was a meme where it was like there's still hope for all of us or something like that. Still, we could all still go to the dude, Olympics. <laughs> you don't need to be a, a great athlete in tip-top shape, and you can. What would you say, Scott? Well, I don't like to fit with the mold, so I would just say an astronaut <laughs> just because I don't want to be like you guys. Be contrarian. Um, but if I realistically was going to answer that, I would have said an Olympic gold medalist. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the Good. biggest reason I could think of is, you know, Cool Running. So it's a huge movie from my yeah. childhood, obviously. And so, yeah. I mean, bringing home gold in the bobsled for movie. the Americans would be amazing. Yes, I love that. Well, I hope um, we want to, one, I would love to say thank you to our listeners, those of you that have said that you have benefited from these episodes as we have talked through some of these things, um, both our Ask Us Anything series we did over the summer and even some of these six big truths. And so uh, thank you listeners and uh, for your encouragement and glad that these uh, episodes and us trying to make sense of talking about things is a help and encouragement to you both as you follow Jesus and as you lead your kids to do that. And one of the things I thought about as I thought about this, you know, as we've talked about these last couple, six big truths, rejoicing in God's greatness, trusting in God's son, the next couple of weeks, we will unpack, walk in God's ways, love God's people, pursue God's mission. And, you know, part of our hope is just to kind of model and just say, Hey, these are things worth talking about with your kids, with your friends, like these big truths are so important. Um, and so it's helped me just dialoguing about these things with you guys and some of our other staff team And I leave some of these conversations and I think, man, there's so much more to talk about and think about with that conversation. Like you can't limit it to like one dinnertime conversation or, you know, for our context, this one little podcast episode. Um, So even thinking about our last episode, Trust God's Son, I know you guys weren't joining us for that. So I would love to hear any thoughts you may have, but I thought of even the Charles Spurgeon quote, I I named my son after Charles Spurgeon. So, you know, Spurgeon's a big deal to me. And thinking about trusting God's son, you know, he, Spurgeon says, even if we cannot trace his hand, we can trust his heart. And I was like, man, I didn't like think about that quote then. And like, as I kept thinking about the topic was just like, I need to keep thinking about this topic. And um, so part of our hope in doing this is that these are topics that'll fuel you guys to uh, continue to thinking about that. And so we hope that that is true today as we talk about listening to God's word. So as you guys think about this topic, what is a passage in scripture that you would go to that helps you 
think about and meditate on this idea of the importance of listening to God's word? Uh, My first thought is uh, Psalm 19. I think about that. Psalm 19 has been really influential uh, for me and just understanding God's word in general and how God is speaking um, the, it, it, I mean, the whole Psalm is about how God is speaking to us and how good that is. Um, and so it, it sort of the, the natural application of that is that if God is speaking, then we should listen. Um, and so it, it's divided up into two parts. The first six verses are all about how God is speaking through creation, through what he has made. And then the last part, seven through 14 is about how God is speaking through his word. And, um, you know, we, we think, I think I grew up thinking about God's word, probably like a lot of people think about it, like it's a lot of rules. It's somewhat hard to understand, um, do's and don'ts, that kind of thing. And I believe, I, I think I always looked favorably upon the Bible. Like it's a good thing. It's filled with good things. Um, but definitely didn't see it the way that God describes it in Psalm 19, which is, uh, I'll give you a few of them, that the law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. So those kinds of things, like the idea that it revives the soul, the idea that it rejoices the heart. And then at the end, he gets down to... um, um, well, verse 10, more to be desired are they than gold, even much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and drippings of the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is your servant warned, and in keeping them there is great reward. So just the idea that God's word is good on so many levels. And so I, that's what I think about when I think about listening to God's word, uh, like going to it to glean from it, to have my soul revived, to rejoice my heart. Uh, and to find life. So that that's what probably first comes to mind for mine. Yeah, and I, I think um, a lot of that's true because you actually see Scripture, it's describing itself and how valuable it should be to us in treasuring. And, but there's a purpose that it leads it in, into of what why was Scripture given to us. In 2 Timothy 3.15, Paul is talking to Timothy, from childhood you've been acquainted with the sacred writings, but they are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in, in Jesus Christ. Like when Jesus says in Luke 24, John 5, like the scriptures are pointing to me. Um, and for the goal that we would have salvation in Christ as God, you said, Daniel, is revealing himself to us so that we would be saved. And so I feel like that's a big one for us to see of why it's essential to listen to God's word because there's an intent, there's a purpose, there's a goal. There's And it's for us to know Christ uh, and to be saved, but it's also for us to like you said, grow up in our spiritual maturity. And I, I think of Psalm 1 as well, of when you think of blessed is the one who delights in the law of the Lord and meditates on, on it day and night, that person is tr- uh, like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season, whose leaf does not wither, whatever they do prospers. And so you see the benefit of it as well. And I just love that imagery, uh, which is also mentioned in Jeremiah, of being a tree planted by streams of water. Were you about to say that one? <laughs> Psalm one is my verse. Like, yeah, I thought you were no, going to no, do another no, one. <laughs> I, no, Psalm one is is great. Like, it was a pivotal verse for me. Like, so you know, you know, one of the encouragements is you know we have these simple daily routines to memorize God's word as a family. And yeah. 
it was the first verse, like first passage that we did like a year and a half ago. Yeah. Audrey had just turned three. Like, so I want to brag on my now four and a half year old. She had just turned three and homegirl memorizes all of Psalm one in the course of a month. Like you can do it. Like parents, you guys can do this with your preschoolers. If you just read God's word every day. And so we'd spend a month doing Psalm one and like, I just go back to it over and over because she was so cute. The way she talked about streams of water and Uh the tree uh and she would like act like a tree. Um, But so like that, that verse has stuck with me a year and a half later because of that. I also think about Hebrews four as well. um, And it relates a little bit to what you said, Daniel, the word of God, Hebrews four 12, the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And so just the idea that the word of God is living and active, like we can listen to it because it is living and active. And a lot of times, I just don't think that's our, that was definitely not my approach growing up, like that the word of God is living, that it's, it's breathing, it is speaking truth, and it is alive. And like, I mean, my dead sinful heart, like needs that truth over and over again. And um, so even like just thinking about trying to model that for my own kids, like, hey, we read this book, not because like we want to do it out of duty or out of religious obligation, but because it is alive and it has truth that speaks to us. And can I add, like, even when you're thinking about Jesus of Matthew 4, like, we don't live on bread alone, but we think about every word that comes from the mouth of God to see how Jesus himself highlights the value of Scripture and God's Word. And then Psalm 119, which I thought you were going to, of uh, just saying, how can a man stay pure by living to the Word? Um, and so you see all these different commands, store up your Word in my heart so that I might not sin against you. It's what God's Word is for us. Um, and what it does in our lives, because you said it's living and active and even what second Timothy three sixteen of correcting, rebuking so that the man of God may be complete and equipped for every good work. So like you see so much of scripture of how it defines itself and how it describes itself and how essential it is to nourish our soul so that we would be that, that imagery. And as I've thought through these six big truths, like, you know, next week we'll unpack walking God's ways. Like we can't walk in God's ways without listening to God's word. And a lot of these verses you guys have just shared, like we read them and they're, they're calling us to, to, you know, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Psalm 119 says like we walk in God's ways because we've listened to God's word. And so just as I've thought through these six big truths as we're going through them and, you know, parents, you know, our encouragement to you as you think about them, there's just all this overlap to them, like that they, they're connected together. You know, I, I say often in a lot of places, you know, parenting is more cult than taught. Discipleship is more cult than taught. Like we want to teach our kids to listen to God's word. And so we'll talk about it in a minute, but before we need to do that, like we need to be listening to God's word ourselves. And so it's really hard for us to invite our kids and call our kids to do that if we're not doing it ourselves. And so, you know, the gut check for me often is like, am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing as a parent, as a father, as a leader? Like, how am I listening to God's word? And so what is something recently that has stuck out to you just reading the Bible of, Hey, this is a way I'm listening to God's word. Well, I would say from when I think about that, like listening to God's word, um, I think about how, not just reading the Bible, but how I'm reading the Bible. Um, so I, I have, I developed a habit of reading the Bible a long time ago. So I, I just do it. Um, and sometimes that, uh, can be even, uh, that can be a hurdle for me is that sometimes I'll just wake up because it's my routine. I go downstairs, I read my Bible and then I move on with the rest of the day and I can, I can read the Bible and not get a whole lot out of it because I've, I've read this before or I'm just not paying attention. This is just what I do. 
Um, and so for me, how I read the Bible is really important in terms of listening to God's word. So what, uh, what I mean is I've got to slow down. I've got to meditate on, on the Bible. Um, I've got to actually think about what I'm reading in, in a way that um, is inquisitive and um, is, yeah, really trying to dig into what, what does this actually mean and, and having to think about it long enough to where, you know, the, the um, Puritans used to always talk about preaching to yourself, you know, so like if I was going to preach this to myself, what would I say? Um, what, what would be the explanation? What would be the application? Um, so I have, to, I have to do that. And sometimes that means even, you know, we have those Bible reading journals, um, and I use one of those. And, and sometimes that means me having to actually write things down. Like I've got to actually go through that here thing, which I, I think we'll talk about in a minute. But um, yeah, I, I have to write thoughts down. What does this mean? And, and what would I say back to God? And anyway, so it's just reading with intentionality. Um, I think uh, Spurgeon, another Spurgeon quote. Yeah, come on, Spurgeon. Jump in with Scott here. He said, Charles had in Spurgeon. He said one time, um, I would rather lay my soul a soak in a single verse than rinse my hands in several chapters. Yeah. You quoted that from memory too. That's, yeah. Yeah. I like I, that. I've not heard that. It's a really good one. I, I, I mean, I've thought yeah. about it so much that I haven't memorized, um, but just that, and that, that, that speaks to me because I have read the Bible before. In fact, I've read it many times. And so I, it's easy for me to read a couple chapters and rinse my hands in it um, without laying my soul a soak in it. And so that, that, that quote really has uh, stuck with me, um, and it's something I try to do. That's a helpful application of how am I reading the Bible, not just, I mean, it's hard enough to read the Bible, but how are you reading the Bible? That's good. Can you share your illustration, because it just sticks out to me, about the cup with, of just sitting oh, like, yeah. with the water? Because I feel like this is really helpful, what he just said, because so much of the check, checklist of people, I, that was how I started reading the Bible. I'm going to read a chapter but again, just meditating on a few verses and how much that helped grow me spiritually, allowing the spirit to use the word in those slow moments. But Daniel has a really good illustration that I want to credit to him that he can credit to someone else. But can you share that? Yeah, I, I went to a conference um, and was, was struck by this one illustration that the guy used. It was Robbie Gallaty. Um, and he was talking about quieting your soul. And so the idea of like, enjoying the presence of God, getting the word and being still before the Lord. But he used this illustration. I don't know where he got it. I'm sure he got it from somewhere, but he talked about how if you scoop a cup of water up out of a river and you set it on the table, it's cloudy at first uh, because of the sediment in the water. And he said, but if you leave it there for a few minutes, that sediment settles in the bottom and it becomes clear. And so he was just talking about that as an illustration of your soul. Like you come into your time in the word or to prayer or to silence and solitude so stirred up, you know, there's so much activity and so many thoughts running through your mind that you just have to sit for a minute and let your soul settle before the Lord. Um, anyways, it's been a helpful thought that I've hung on to. Yeah. I, I've told you guys recently that Eugene Peterson has influenced me and he has a lot of really good thoughts about a lot of what you're just saying. And he has a, he has a quote that I've not memorized yet, but uh, <laughs> the goal of reading the word is to listen for the voice of the God who speaks. And so he says four things you need to think about when you read the Bible is you need to do it slowly, imaginatively. I'm like counting with my fingers and like you two are the only ones I can see it. It's helping me. <laughs> okay. Um, slowly. Number one, imaginatively. Number two, prayerfully. Number three, and obediently. 
number four. That's good. And I love those four things. And um, just trying to think through like, yeah, I, I was the guy who was like, I saw so um, some of you guys have probably heard like the Bart Ehrman story, professor at UNC. Uh, I took his New Testament intro class as a sophomore in college. And uh, Bart Ehrman's uh, famous, I guess he, he would consider himself, an, he was a believer, then agnostic, now an atheist. Mm-hmm. He goes back and forth. He basically teaches the New Testament and tries to get college kids who grew up in the church to discredit their faith. Mm-hmm. Um, and he starts off the very first class. Like how many of you guys have read Harry Potter? How many yeah. of you did Dave O talk about this recently in one of his sermons? I think, right? I think so. um, Harry Potter. Say, who, who, how many of you books. have read this and how many of you have actually read the whole Bible? Yeah. And you know, 350 college students, nobody has. And he's like, you guys don't even believe this book. And yeah. so like, everybody's like, I'm going to go out and read the Bible. And you, I started doing all these Bible reading journals, plans and read the Bible in a year. And, it was just like, I'm just doing this to finish. And like, there's very good benefit, I think, to read the whole Bible. Like, if you've not done that, like, I think it's a good thing to do uh, cover to cover, but like, just to slowly immerse yourself. And that's where Psalm 1 has been so helpful for me to do it slowly and to let it speak to you rather than just, I remember a quote I do remember from like a middle school camp. You don't read the Bible to finish. You read the Bible to change. And I think so often like our, we, we feel guilty. Oh, I need to read the Bible. And we go in and think, oh, all right, I got my chapter in. Like, I'm good. Um, and there can be very much benefit from that. Like, it's not like if you're not going to just soak in it, you shouldn't do that. I know Piper has a lot of good thoughts. Like you, you do it even when you don't feel like doing it. And like, God's going to use that, you know, that faithfulness and that discipline. Um, but slowly, imaginatively, prayerfully and obediently. Good. Now, Daniel, you talked about this here journal a minute ago, and we have this in the Providence Bible reading journals that you can grab in the lobby. If you want one free Bible reading journal is a great resource unpack what this here journal is and how it works. Okay. So it's a, it's a tool to use when you're reading the Bible, you know, so it let you need, you want to read some volume of scripture, you know, and make some progress through generally speaking. So the way the Bible reading plan works for that we've put together uh, for us to use as a church is that it's basically a chapter a day, um, sometimes a little less, sometimes um, I think sometimes a little more, but, but essentially you're uh, you're averaging about a chapter a day, six days a week. Uh, but the here reading method or journaling method is a way to kind of take in the volume of scripture, but also do some of that meditating. So the idea is H E A R. It's uh, uh, H stands for highlight. So you, as you're reading through that chapter, you would highlight at least one verse that stands out to you. And then the E is explain it. So you explain it in your own words. And this is all just kind of causing you to slow down and think about that one verse. What is it really saying? What does it mean? Uh, and then the A in here, H-E-A, uh, is apply. So how does it apply to my life? And write that out. And then the R is a response. Um, so just kind of writing out how you would respond to that. And that's the kind of the obedience thing. Um, uh, thinking through it, highlight, um, explain, apply, respond. Um, and sometimes that can be a prayer, but uh, just a way to slow you down and get you to really think through uh, one verse in some of those ways we were just talking about. That's good. So it's here, H-E-A-R, not H-E-R-E. That's right. H-E-A-R, okay. like you're hearing from God. Get it? <laughs> oh, that's, that's huh? smart. Yeah, I love yeah. that. Um, that's cool. <laughs> as we, so as we think about listening to God's word, you know, Daniel, I know you and I have talked some about the difference in spiritual formation which is some, some of the vision behind, you know, this D group idea that, you know, we're trying to kind of cultivate here at Providence versus, you know, to kind of play on the word spiritual information. And so as we think about listening to God's word, like how, how would you guys talk about the differences contrasting spiritual formation 
and spiritual information? Well, my first thought is um, both are necessary. Yeah. And, you know, when you were thinking about the Bible and how we, so I, you, I think I use the phrase Bible intake a lot. Um, like you're, you're taking in the Bible, right? So you're reading it, you're listening to sermons about it, you're learning about it. And so both of those are needed. So spiritual or spiritual information or, or kind of teaching training that that's necessary because it's going to allow you to understand what you're reading, you know? So Generally, most Bible studies, like you're yeah. studying the Bible, like that Bible would be study, that. That's a good thing. Commentary, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. even um, even you know a big chunk of what we preach on a Sunday morning is a lot of instruction, just explaining what is actually happening here. What does this actually mean? Um, all that's necessary. And then you know, as your understanding of the Bible increases, you're going to get more and more out of it. Which you know, and that's where the spiritual formation. Yeah comes from is understanding what you're reading and actually being able to apply it and put it into practice. So the two go together. You can't do without either one of them. Um, And I think they're, they're kind of both necessary is what I would say. And I think for, I would just for spiritual formation, I I would have a lot of dependency upon the spirit to apply the word into our life and to actually sanctify like this chiseling away of who we are um, into becoming uh, this man of God. Um, so I, I feel like, or a woman of God. And so I just feel like there's a lot of, yes, head knowledge that we can take. Um, but it's, as we've talked about before, the head, heart and hands, right? Like to get from the, all three are, are needed, like that three legged stool and without one, uh, it'll fall. But to have the spirit to really use that head knowledge then to implant it in the heart, which then responds by this formation that happens in our life, this transformation that we start to see. Uh, and, and, um, the spirit using that to, to do good works in our lives, um, that we see a difference, um, and a a spiritual growth and maturity, um, to be more complete, um, in whole, uh, and striving for holiness and, and made more like the image of Christ. Yeah. It's spiritual formation. You're kind of, you're letting the Bible speak to you rather than you just reading it. Um, and I think Christian community, you know, I like to talk about Christian community on here. Um, three diagnostic questions you can do. How do you, so Christian community is helping you listen to God's word, right? Helping you make sense of it when it may be hard to understand, like, how does this relate to my life? How do I understand this? Um, so three questions that I'll often use to think about this is how are you believing this? Like, so you read a, a section of the Bible, a, a truth, how are you believing this? How are you not believing this? And then how can I help you believe this? I just talked with my fingers again, yeah. <laughs> um, but the th- three good questions to think about letting the Bible speak to you. How do I listen to it? How do I help others listen to it? How are you believing it? How are you not believing it? Yeah. How can I help? How can I help you believe this? Yeah. What are ways that we can, how can we help train our kids to do this? You know, we've talked a lot and just trying to think through this idea of, of how, how do we do this as ourselves? What are ways that we can help our kids? Not just say, Hey, here's this book, read it, memorize it, but to actually listen to God's word. I, I think it, uh, like most things in parenting, it has uh, changed over time. Um, it looked different when the kids were younger. I think it started out when we were reading the Bible. With just I was always um, trying to teach them what questions to ask by asking those questions over and over again. So, for example, the questions I would ask most were, what is this teaching us about God? You know, so what, what do you learn about God when we read this story? Or... Um, you know, just trying to train them early on, uh, not to necessarily zone in or, or focus in on the characters and what the characters are doing, 
um, and you know, is this a is this a um, a hero or an a, you know a villain? You know that I feel like that's sort of how we tend to by default read the Bible. You know, judging the characters and deciding who to follow, but. But instead, asking the question, what does this teach us about God? What's God doing in this story? And why is he doing that? Uh, and then asking them, always asking, you know, so what should, how should we uh, apply this? You know, how should we live differently because of these verses? Um, and so early on, just as we were reading together, I was trying to teach them how to read and how to listen. Uh, and then I'd say most recently, as, a, as my kids are getting older and starting to read the Bible on their own, um, Teaching them the hear method has been important. You know, it's simple, um, but a way for them to interact with the scriptures where they can, it's manageable. It's not overwhelming. They don't, um, they don't have to have a bunch of commentaries or something. They can just uh, find one verse that stands out to them. And, and then it's something that we can discuss later on. Uh, so it's just kind of giving them, I think, some basic tools to do that. I think adding to that um, of just seeing all the resources and tools, like you can have so many different methods of reading scripture more than just here. Um, but at the same time, like I think of resources like the Bible project or resources, uh, audio Bible, like mundane times of like for me, um, I'm doing the Providence reading plan, but I have the dwell app. I don't know if y'all have that, but I do have it. I put a guy named, uh, he's a South African guy named Felix and he reads, uh, to me. And so I, I like to, mimic his accent and i'll i'll replay let's uh, hear it real quick he's <laughs> <laughs> like in the beginning god created the heavens and the earth like I, i'm good. not i'm not that great but like it it, it it's something that's unique for me that makes it uh it takes away the autopilot moment that i i can listen to someone else in a different language speak it just different enough it's different enough that makes it fun and that's the same language we speak though by the it, way well yeah <laughs> <Accent>. <laughs> sorry that was good um but i i I think for me i'm also building in those times where it's not just reading like getting to the office and reading scripture um which i do but it on the way in my commute or like if it's uh you know if you're working out or you're just going on a walk like you can redeem those times Uh, i think you can start teaching those into our kids and students like how do you redeem your time and listening to God's word and looking at resources like Bible project that can help shape your understanding of hey what is this book of Matthew about and i think they're just really good and interactive when i think of middle school and high school students that they're engaging enough and especially like different types of learners when it comes to um reading or visual um so i, I just think you can get creative in what that looks like and even for you Scott of like kids like you said um, your daughter was acting out like Audrey was acting out like what it looked like to be a tree. I, I think there's fun ways like that to incorporate um, into family worship and how God's word is enjoyable. And I think that's what you have to highlight. Daniel, real quick, as we wrap up, we talked about this a little bit yesterday. You know, you dropped like a one of your Bible truth bombs on me um, and then kicked the air. Um, <laughs> so we, we all use our bodies to talk evidently. Um, you know, one of the things that we talk all the time, right? The Bible is a book about Jesus. Jesus is the hero of the whole Bible. And yet we talk about listening to God's word. We think about this idea of indicatives and imperatives. And so there's truths to believe. And then in light of that, there's imperatives, there's application to make, there's ways to respond. You know, James, another verse that we didn't mention earlier, be doers of the word and not hearers. I, I, I mixed up the order, but 
we want to be doers of the word. And so we believe that the Bible is a book about Jesus, that the gospel has saved us. And in light of that, in response to that, this is then how we're supposed to live, which is more getting into walking God's ways, which we'll talk about next week. But we have to read the truth and listen to it first. And you said that really eloquently better than me. And just kind of connected those two ideas of we believe the truth of the gospel. And then in light of that, that's how we live. Like, how do we teach our kids to do that? Yeah, I think I was talking about uh, Hebrews 11, verse 6, which talks about how um, it's without faith, it's impossible to please God because you have to believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. And so there's so much truth there about how to interact with these commands in the Bible that we, be, we, we obey what God says because God is good and we believe that he's good. In other words, it's an expression of faith. So when we obey these commands, we're not trying to earn his favor. We're not trying to make up for bad things that we've done in the past, but we're following his word because we believe he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. And so I want to draw near to him because he's good and he rewards those who draw near to him. And so this, this word is life. It goes back to Psalm 19. It's, um, it revives the soul. It makes wise the simple. You know, it, it, it rewards those. It's like sweeter than honey, you know. Um, and so it, it introduces us to a Savior who is good and then gives us this path of life, which we by faith believe is the best way to live. And so it, it really is connected to faith and believing. I mean, again, we're trying to connect all these together. We don't call our kids to listen to God's word or walk in God's ways until we first call them to rejoice in God's greatness and trust God's son. Like that comes first. And then in light of that, we teach them to respond this way. A couple of resources I would recommend, uh, Exploring the Bible Together by David Murray is a great uh, thing to check out. You can do with your kids. It's an inter- interactive Bible thing. Another great book that we've recommended over the past year, John Nielsen, Bible Reading with Your Kids. I didn't mention this to you guys, but you may remember a few years ago, Desiring God put out a video, God wrote a book that John Piper narrated. Y'all probably saw, like, probably came out six or seven years ago. You can Google God wrote a book, Desiring God. It's a really sweet little video uh, that just really encourages you of how great and awesome God's word is and why we should listen to it. So would encourage you guys to check those out and we will see you next time as we continue with our six big truths. And we talk about walking God's ways. Thanks for being with us. Thanks for listening to this episode of the gospel shaped home podcast produced by Providence church in Raleigh, North Carolina. For more information and resources from Providence, visit us online at pray.org. If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider subscribing and leaving a review on Apple podcast.